are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, October 27th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you all for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here this afternoon. Whew. On the show today, first, just as a quick warning, I will be going over everything that took place yesterday as a result of the internal investigation from the Brad Aldrich sexual assault back in 2010. Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac and company out with the organization. I'll also talk about how this is going to affect Joel Quenville and Kevin Dayoff, along with current Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. And then to wrap things up, I know... We have more important matters going on than hockey right now, but the Blackhawks do have a game tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so once I go over everything that I want to touch on first from the the independent investigation, then I will also finish things up by quickly providing a little preview of tonight's game against the Leafs. But to start things off, folks, I mean, what a crazy day for the Chicago Blackhawks yesterday. Arguably... The saddest day in franchise history, ladies and gentlemen. A 107-page report from Jenner and Block was released to the public yesterday uh, after the press conference was held to announce these findings. And if you read through the, the entire report like I did, then you understand how much of a disaster this is for the Blackhawks. If you're able to, I know it's very graphic and utterly disturbing to read, but in a 25 to 30 minute show that I'm doing right now, it's it's just nearly impossible to state all the important details of that 107 page report. I'll obviously talk about as much as I can, but I just don't want people to feel like I'm leaving out details or anything. No, I just simply don't have the time to talk about an 107 page report worth of findings. So if you are able to take the time and read that report, I really recommend doing so, obviously at your own discretion, but I think it's just important to have the best possible knowledge of all the accounts that were conducted throughout this process. Um, To be honest, though, Blackhawks fans, this is a tough episode to record. I I really just don't know what I should be feeling as a result of all of this. I mean, I'm happy that at least some justice finally came to John Doe, even though he certainly deserved better from the Blackhawks, as CEO Danny Wirtz said yesterday. Um, And based on the fact that this investigation should have happened immediately after the Blackhawks' uh, Stanley Cup run when HR was first informed about this, I mean, uh, well, actually, it should have happened right after the Blackhawks' brass 
became aware of the situation. In the days following the May 23rd meeting, uh, after that Game 4 win over the San Jose Sharks, right there and then, that's when things spiraled in the worst direction possible. In that meeting, the Blackhawks decided, decided that the on-ice results were more important than a human being's life. And this just keeps making me think, ladies and gentlemen, to be real for a second. We just really prioritize the wrong things in this world today. And I, I know that I'm guilty of this as well. You know, Monday through Friday, I'm doing this show every day, and the Blackhawks have been my pride and joy since I was a little kid, like 15 years ago now. But I, I think this is just a, a good reminder that we all need to just take a step back and remember this is just a game. Like, even right now, with an 0-5-1 record, the fan base is absolutely dogging Jeremy Colleton. And there are some people out there that are saying the worst things possible about him right now, and even about his family. This is a game. And while I get, you know, Chicago is as passionate a sports town that there is out there, you know, and that's part of what makes us so great, that's also part of what has made this world so susceptible to letting things like this continue to happen. I mean, in that meeting between several of the highest members in this Blackhawks organization at the time, people who 10 years ago, no one had a a bad word to say about, you know, people expected these guys, you know, to do the right thing and always do the right thing, not just about the situation, but a lot of people thought that they were among the smartest minds in the entire NHL, but some of those so-called smartest minds wound up making one of the worst decisions this game has ever seen. A decision to ultimately wait three weeks until the Stanley Cup playoffs were over before doing anything at all about a sexual assault on one of their own players. And to make matters worse, not only did the Blackhawks brass wait three weeks to do anything about this, which is despicable, but they also continued to let Brad Aldrich hang around the team. How did they not tell this guy to beat it the second they found out about these allegations? True or not? This is, are you kidding me? They let him stick around, they didn't conduct any investigation, and they continued to let him hang around the player that he sexually assaulted. And also, Aldrich, during a a Blackhawks after party, for after winning the Stanley Cup, attempted to sexually assault a 22-year-old intern. That's because the Blackhawks did literally nothing about the situation. And let's be honest about, about this situation here. At the end of that report, go and look at the pictures that are at the end there. I mean, I wanted to throw up arms around Brad Aldrich, this little weasel, smiling acting like everything's okay, acting like he's untouchable, he won the Stanley Cup, he's larger than life, and all the Blackhawks brass have their arms around him, and they're taking pictures with him, and he got his day with the cup, he got to party with the team, he got to go to the parade. After everyone knew what this guy was doing to people. The Blackhawks brass did not care what Brad Aldrich, the human being, was doing. All they cared about was how he was doing as a video coach. And even Joel Quenville, who... Uh, I'll get into plenty more uh, in just a little bit, but in the 107-page report released by Block and Jenner, after Aldrich was already gone, Quenville gave him a 
pretty nice review, which is despicable with what we know Quenville was was aware of at that time. And this just all comes back to the line that Danny Wirtz said yesterday during the presser, team performance above all else. That that really stuck with me. And, and that essentially was the mindset of basically everyone in that meeting room back on May 23rd, 2010. And, and that, that really hurts. You know, these higher-ups were trusted to take care of this, this matter in a practical and effective way. And instead, not only did they ultimately come to the decision that the team couldn't handle this in the middle of their Stanley Cup playoff run, but even after that was finished, they never filed an investigation until it was too late, until 11 years later. And also, for Stan Bowman to throw John McDonough under the rug in his final statement, not, not throw him under the rug, drag him along in the mud with him. That, Stan. No one cares how the situation unfolded. Excuse my language, but you're all pieces of shit. It doesn't matter who did what at one point because no one did anything when it really mattered. To see Stan say, I trusted my superior to do the right thing and after 11 years, I realized that was wrong. No shit, buddy. Are you fucking kidding me? Excuse my language. I'm sorry. That was one of the worst things I ever read. That rubbed me in such a wrong way. Stan, you're no better than John McDonough here. You were GM through the last 11 years, and you didn't do anything about this situation either. So get out of here and shut the hell up and never come back to Chicago. No one's innocent. That's why you're all out. Like, that made me so furious. I get what he's saying is true, but he did not have to put it that way, acting like it was John McDonough's decision solely. That's not what everyone in the room said, and everyone in there had the chance to go and do the right thing. But guess what, Stan? You didn't. You never did, and you never will because you'll never have a job in the NHL ever again. Stan's gone, good. Al McIsaac gone, good. Everyone from 2010 is gone. That needed to happen. There was absolutely no choice left for the organization. After reading that report, I mean, these guys will never have jobs in hockey ever again. And I know Gary Bettman stated yesterday that if they do wish to re-enter the league ever again, he said that about uh, Stan Bowman. Al McIsaac, Jay Blunk, and John McDonough. He said if they do wish to re-enter the league ever again, then first, that will require a meeting with the commissioner in advance of them accepting a job. But to me, I mean, Gary Bettman, you, you can't be letting these people make critical decisions for another professional sports organization ever again. I mean, what more do you need to know that these people aren't adequate to do the right thing? And that's what it keeps coming back to me, folks. Just do the right thing. You know, I, I like to think I'm a good person on this earth. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do I make mistakes? Just like the rest of us. But I like to pride myself on my ability to know the difference between right and wrong. And it's really not that hard to do the right thing in today's world. And to choose winning over the life of a young 20-year-old boy? I mean, what are we doing here? disgraceful, man. I mean, my heart goes out to John Doe and also all the victims out there of sexual assault. This, uh, I know there aren't any silver linings from a sexual assault, and I'm not trying to say there is here, 
But I, I just hope that this goes as a wake-up call to everyone out there in this world, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, or what your status is. If you think you're bigger than the world, the truth will always come out. No one's bigger than morality and doing the right thing. And if you think you are, you're sadly mistaken and you're going to be in for a rude awakening one day. This is an original six franchise. Not only one of the biggest franchises in hockey, but one of the biggest professional sports franchises in all the world. And they just committed an 11-year cover-up on one of their own players getting sexually abused by a video coach. And then the Blackhawks just continued to let Aldridge hang around and really gave him no punishment at all other than, oh, oh, we'll file an investigation or you can quit. Oh, yeah, that's easy. I'll just quit. What kind of punishment is that? And by the way, Aldridge also still got $15,000 of a playoff bonus and was paid by the Blackhawks until the end of August. Every decision possible in the handling of this, the Blackhawks were wrong every step of the way. And I honestly have no more words to describe how disappointed I am that the team I grew up watching and the team that made me fall in love with the game of hockey is now forever going to have a stain on their reputation because of the disastrous decision makings by not only Brad Aldrich, but by the trusted higher-ups in this supposedly respected organization to make the right decisions, and they came up empty when they were needed the most. All right, there are my thoughts on everything that unfolded yesterday with the Blackhawks. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to talk about how this is all going to affect Florida Panthers head coach Joel Quenville, along with Winnipeg Jets GM Kevin Dayoff. But first... I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has reached the World Series, the Braves and the Astros are duking it out, NFL and college football also are now in the midst of their seasons. The UFC has some incredible title fights coming up in the next couple of weeks. And most importantly, folks, hockey season is back. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info right now with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, Locked on, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now today, I also wanted to be sure to talk about how this report from Block and Jenner yesterday could also be affecting Florida Panthers head coach Joel Quenville along with Winnipeg Jets GM Kevin Dayoff. So going back to the beginning of the summer when the lawsuit first became public, not only did the Blackhawks state that this lawsuit lacks merit, which, oh boy, I mean, how could they say that? That's literally... The worst possible thing to say when you're no when you know you're guilty. But also, 
both Joel Quenville and Kevin Cheveldayoff denied knowing anything about this Brad Aldrich situation. And what we know now is that's 100% a lie because according to multiple accounts, both of those two were involved in the meeting between the Blackhawks brass on May 23rd following that Game 4 victory over the San Jose Sharks, which sent the Blackhawks to the Stanley Cup. Both guys were confirmed by others in that meeting to be there. So, obviously, both of those two lied about their knowledge of the situation, which, I mean... Guilty by association. They're no better than anyone else here is in this investigation, you know? They're no better than Stan. They're no better than Al McIsaac. They knew and didn't do anything about it, you know? And and I I just, I, I really believe that these two are going to be and should be held accountable for their actions. Again, it's, it's not hard to be a good person and to do the right things. All they had to do was tell the truth. And, I know this was at the beginning of the lawsuit, and I'm not sure if they thought they could get away with it, or if they didn't think the lawsuit was going to go that in-depth, or if they actually didn't think they did anything wrong and would still be proven innocent, but they lied. They flat-out lied. All Joel really needed to say is, you know... He was aware of the situation, but he, you know, was in belief that the higher-ups in the organization who are responsible for the handling of these matters, it's not on Coach Joel Quenville to figure this one out. He, that's all he had to say is that, you know, I wish I was aware of the situation briefly. I wish the organization had handled it in a better matter and we could have come to a better decision. That's all I can say about this at the time. That's literally all he had to say. And same with Chevel Dayoff. But listen, lying, sweeping things under the rug, and again, thinking you're bigger than the law and right and wrong, those are the type of mindsets that keep, those mindsets are what keeps allowing hockey culture to continue to be so toxic. And we need to wipe all of those people out of the game immediately. And, and don't get me wrong. I loved Joel Quenville when he was our head coach. And part of me will love Coach Q forever. But after lying about the situation, he doesn't deserve to have another job in hockey. I'm sorry. That's the fact of the matter. He's incapable of solving problems or being truthful about matters that are bigger than the game. This is a human being's life versus a game of hockey, and he chose the game of hockey. Because of that decision, you don't deserve to be in control ever again. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in his interview with uh, Gary Bettman here in the next day or two. Same with Kevin Cheveldayovs as well. Um, Bettman already said is, you know, he's going to conduct these meetings out of respect for these individuals. And then, you know, after the meetings are held, he's going to reassess the situation and decide what to do with these two. But if it were up to me, I mean, I would have both Quenville and Cheveldayov out of their respected positions by the end of the week. I mean, if you allow them to keep their jobs, it's absolutely the wrong message that's being sent out there to the hockey world. And hockey culture cannot afford for this to continue to happen in in and around the game. I also want to talk real quick about 
how I think this whole situation affects Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. And as I talked about on yesterday's episode, I kind of had an idea Bowman was on his way out once. Emily Kaplan of ESPN reported that firing Colleton was no longer Bowman's decision. For them to take it out of his hands, you know, on what we found out to be such a crucial day, that just kind of foreshadowed to me that he wasn't going to be in control of any decisions for the Blackhawks for all that much longer. But now, you know, with Bowman out, McIsaac's out as well, obviously Jeremy was Stan's guy. With Kyle Davidson stepping in as interim GM for the time being, uh, I've just had a lot of people ask me whether or not this means that Jeremy Colleton is on his way out as well. And honestly, I'm not so sure what's going to happen with Colleton in these next couple of weeks. Obviously, the 0-5-1 start is a full-out disaster. But I just don't think right now the Wurtzes are in any particular hurry to fire one of the few good people that are still left in this organization. And for a couple of different reasons, not just because of lawsuit stuff that probably, if anything, has a little teeny tidbit to do with it. But I also just think that, um, I just think it's, I think if, if now that it's not in Stan's control and Stan's gone, I think Colleton would be already gone if they wanted him out. So I think this team wants to see a little bit, or or the organization wants to see a little bit more from this team before making this type of decision. Um, But now, again, I will say that now that there's a new front office, if things continue to trend in the wrong direction, as I said, Colleton was Bowman's guy, so I I don't think there will be any hesitation to fire Jeremy Colleton if attendance continues to dip and the team keeps losing. Um, But also, considering the financial situation that they now find themselves in, I mean, they just got fined $2 million by the National Hockey League. Also, attendance appears to be dropping. And if they want to let Colleton go, then they would still have to pay out the remainder of his contract as well. Not to mention, they want to go and bring in an outside coach that's going to cost more money to do so too. So I don't think Colleton, personally, I don't think Colleton is as close to getting fired as some people think. But again, if they do continue to lose, I don't believe there will be any hesitation for the Wurtzes to make a change. And if that does wind up happening, because of these financial situations, I really do think the most likely option would be for assistant coach Mark Crawford to take over as the interim. But of course, he's in COVID protocol at the moment. So all of this to me is just pointing to, for the next couple of games at least, I truly think it is a wait and see thing with Jeremy Colleton to decide what's going to happen with his future here with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, there are all my thoughts on the ripple effects stemming from the Blackhawks' independent investigation. Coming up in just a minute, I am also going to share a quick preview of tonight's contest against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and they now have a bunch of new flavors as well like strawberry, 
and Grasshopper Cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. They just sent me a pack of Cookie Dough Chunk, which is, I actually can't believe it's a protein bar. And they also have Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, and many more tremendous flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment three now, before I let you all go, enjoy the rest of your hump days. I also want to be sure to provide a little bit of a preview of tonight's tilt against the Toronto Maple Leafs. First off, looks like Kevin Lankinen will be the one to get the start here tonight as he was spotted in the starter's crease at the Hawks' morning skate. And in my opinion, Lankinen has been the better of the two netminders for the Blackhawks so far this year. I know he's only got three games of action, but... And also, the defense in front of Marc-Andre Fleury should take most of the blame. The, the dude's been getting peppered so far. But, but I also think Lankinen, he's been the one that, that's made more of, of the big-time stops that the team has needed to down the stretch. Um, Fleury just hasn't looked uh, all that in sync since arriving in Chicago. Uh, and I've, I've also considered that Fleury, you know, really has never had a defense in front of him like this in his entire career, whereas this is really all Kevin Lankinen knows. So um, I'm not sure if that plays a factor, but uh, I'm not upset with Lankinen getting, getting the start here tonight from Coach Colleton against the Maple Leafs. As for the Blackhawks lineup, though, at the morning skate, ugh. The team was still without Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Henrik Borgstrom, Jujar Kara, and Riley Stillman as all five players remain in COVID-19 protocol. And because of this, you know, Colleton had nothing to share about the lineup in his press conference. There's just so many questions that he needs the answer to first. So just going to have to wait and see what happens in the next couple hours. But uh, I got to admit, it, it would be tough to go out there and pick up a win against Toronto without both Kane and Taves in the lineup. On the ice, off the ice, you name it, ladies and gentlemen, the Hawks got problems with it right now. However, the one thing the Hawks do got going for them at the moment is that if there's been another NHL team that's been as big of a disaster as they've been, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Through seven games so far, the Maple Leafs, who, of course, were projected to be one of the top teams in the NHL once again this season, well, they're off to a 2-4-1 and one start now with four consecutive losses, and in three of those, they've only mustered up one goal of offense. So, And also, if you've been keeping up with the Leafs on Twitter, I mean, the media's always, always bad up there, but it's really bad right now. So, to me, it, it's kind of funny. This is a matchup between the teams who are, uh, in my opinion, the most desperate for a win right now in the entire NHL. Something's got to give, as Pat Foley loves to say. Uh, but for the Blackhawks, I mean, 
can't take these struggling Leafs for granted, which they absolutely should not without a win of their own on the season. Uh, but there's no doubt that this Leafs team can make you pay in a hurry. I know Austin Matthews only has one goal. Mitch Marner has one point, and Jason Spezza, believe it, of all people, is the one leading this team in points at the moment. But this offense has absolute firepower from top to bottom, and the Blackhawks need to put together a better effort defensively than they had against Detroit on Sunday in order to have any chance here tonight against Toronto. Um, but as I said, it, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. The media on both sides are going to be interesting, and uh, it should be a good one between, as I said, in my opinion, the two most desperate teams in the NHL for a win at the moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, October 27th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. It'll be doing me a huge favor, and by doing so, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you catch your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Please let us finally get into the W column. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.